If you can remember <clears throat> on the evening of Jesus' death, he comes to an upper room with his disciples. He comes to an upper room after telling them two days earlier that he was going to die, he was going to be crucified. Of course, his perceptive disciples heard nothing, didn't understand a word he was saying, as though he was talking in a foreign language. He simply told them, I am going to be crucified. And they heard nothing. And it is amazing to me that throughout the Gospels, if you spend some time just reading and enjoying them, you find this amazing story of Jesus saying, I'm, I've come to die. I'm going to go to Jerusalem. They're going to spit upon me. They're going to mock me. They're going to beat me. They're going to crucify me. And I will rise on the third day. And every time in the Gospels, you know what you find the disciples doing? Quibbling over who's going to be greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Every single time. It just blows me away. The disciples will be sitting there. Jesus will say, I'm going to die. And Peter and John will have an argument over who's going to sit on his right hand in the kingdom and dictate rules to the people. And that is what Jesus is coming to when he enters the upper room. He has planned the upper room. He has planned their last meal with him. And as they come in, the disciples walk past. As they come into the room, the tradition was because you laid on one arm at a, at a low table, you would lay on one arm and you would eat with one hand. And so your feet are sticking out. Now, you need to understand something about your feet at this point. They wore sandals, not sandals that covered your feet well, but sandals. And you've got to understand something else, that all the trails that you walked, animals walked. And hundreds of thousands of animals walked those trails on the way to Jerusalem to be slaughtered. So these are not clean trails. This is not nice dirt. This is foul dirt. And so what you would do is you would come into a room and there would typically be a slave. A servant who, as you walked in, you would sit and they would wash your feet so that your feet were presentable at the table. So as you're eating and, and your friend Joe's feet are sticking out there, Peter's feet are out there, you're not going, this is hard to eat looking at that. Right? And so as they would enter the room a servant, and some Jews would say not even a Jewish slave could wash feet, only a Gentile slave. So it was the lowliest of low positions to hold. You basically had to be starving to death to want to do that. And as the disciples enter the room, they pass by a bowl and a jar of water and a towel for washing feet. And as Peter enters, you can imagine in Peter's mind, he's thinking, where's the servant? Well, fat chance I'm going to wash my own feet. And Peter takes his position at the table. Andrew comes in, and he sees the bowl and thinks, well, Philip can wash my feet, but I'm not doing that. And one by one, every single one of the disciples enter the room, pass by the bowl of humility and take their place with pride at the table. And while they are sitting there, leaning, getting ready for the food to come in, Jesus 
of all people, humbly gets up. He walks over. He takes up the jar of water and the towel. He puts the towel, he lays his garments aside, his long sleeve shirt he puts aside. He takes the towel and grabs the water and begins to fill the bowl. Presumably, the disciples aren't even paying attention as he fills the bowl. They're so caught up in their own world, Peter, I'm going to be first in the kingdom. I'm going to be Jesus' right-hand man. They were so wrapped up in this this kingdom position that uh, James and John had their mother come and argue for them that they should have their right and left positions. And Jesus is over there. Remember, this is Jesus' darkest night. Over there filling the bowl. Taking it up. Bringing it over to His disciples. Kneeling down. And He begins the nasty job of washing these foul feet. And as he takes one disciple's foot after another, and he scrubs away the manure, and he scrubs away the dust and the dirt, he had to be thinking, I'm going to die. You are all going to abandon me. And not one of you has offered to wash my feet. This is a dark moment. For those of you who feel like you're in darkness, imagine your best friends cannot hear the fact that you're about to die. Imagine if you were to go to the doctor and he says, I'll be surprised if you're alive next week. And you went to your friends and said, I've got horrible cancer. There's nothing they can do. My lungs are about to collapse. It's just a matter of moments. I don't know when. And they said, so what are we having for dinner tonight? It's that kind of just feeling. He knows in a matter of moments, in a matter of hours, he will be beaten He will be falsely accused and he will be abandoned by every one of these disciples that he is washing their feet, cleansing the dirt off. As he scrubs and dries their feet, of course, he comes to Peter. Peter, the rather vocal disciple. Jesus gets to Peter and It's about to wash Peter's feet. And Peter says, nothing doing. You're not washing my feet. There is no way. Because you're just be the king. You're going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be at your right hand. There's no way you're washing my feet. See, Peter didn't get it. He still didn't get it. And Jesus says to Peter, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. And of course, Peter in his overzealous way says, well, then wash the whole of me. You know, my hands, my head, you know. If you have to wash me to be part of your kingdom, then do it all. And Jesus explains to him, no, Peter, it's just your feet. Your feet are dirty. The rest of you is clean. I've cleansed you, Peter. But your feet, you walk through this dirty world and you collect dirt. As disciples, we walk through a dirty world and Jesus is perpetually having to cleanse our feet. 
So Jesus begins again, washing all the foul dirt, the, the deposits from the animals off Peter's feet, cleansing them clean so they're presentable at the table. And he finishes washing, drying, and cleaning the disciples' feet. And they sit down at the meal. And Jesus says, do you know what I've done for you? Do you know what I've done for you? And of course you know the disciples are thinking, there's got to be some super truth in this. I'm not sure what it is, but it has to be something with us going up and being you know, first and second place in the kingdom, I'm sure. Jesus says, if I, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, go and do likewise to one another. A servant is never greater than his Master. And the disciples had to learn that we're to be followers that Jesus gives the dictates. He gives the example. He shows us how to serve one another. And it's amazing to me that He takes the most lowly position possible in that day to say, will you do this for one another? So often we're bartering for our pride. I deserve better. Don't you know what I do? Don't you see? Disciples are arguing, often us, arguing our position, our place, our rights. Don't you know we're American on top of being Christian? We have rights. Jesus didn't argue for his rights. He simply asked us to give up our rights, to follow him in humility to lay our lives down so that others would see that he lives that he reigns that he's not dead he sits on the throne in heaven and he reigns in the hearts of his people thank you Elisa again this was done right before the disciples were to have a meal as Jesus instructed them. We're going to be partaking of communion in a few moments. But before we do, I want to give you a few instructions for those who are new with us. When you are ready, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, when you're ready, just come and break a piece of the bread, dip it in the cup. You can spend some time praying at the stairs if you'd like. Go back to your chairs and pray. Pray with your family. Pray with your children. Pray with your friends. But before we do that, I just want us all to think really hard for a moment and reflect for a moment on the people groups in our life and ask ourselves a simple question. Are we washing one another's feet? Husbands, would your, because it's a symbol of your Christianity. It's not about washing feet, it's about service. Does your wife have to be told that you believe? Or would your wife say, oh, my, father, my husband's a faithful believer. He serves me constantly. 
Not perfectly, but perpetually. Wives, would your husband say, oh, my wife's a faithful believer. She's serving me more often than I serve her. In fact, she shames me often. In fact, she motivates me to be a greater servant because of her love. Children, young people, would your parents say that by your servant's heart and how you try and care for your parents and how you help and how you're part of a, a, a tight-knit family unit that cares for one another, would that demonstrate that you love Jesus Christ, that you're His? Or would there be a question mark for you? Employees, how do you do with your employers? Would your employers look at you and say, I don't have an employee like this. I don't know why they serve like they do. But I don't have to ask them to do things. They just do it. In fact, they're often doing other jobs that I don't ask them to do because they're quick and diligent at doing their own job. I don't have an employee like them. Employers. Would your employees say, my boss knows the Lord Jesus Christ. I couldn't imagine working for a better boss because my boss serves me. Christians, would your brothers and sisters in this body say that I couldn't imagine being in another church. I wouldn't want to be. This family loves me. And I love this family. And it's obvious. Jesus said, towards the end of the meal, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples. If you love one another, Sometimes I've heard people say the, they, they, they almost use theology as a trump card. Well, I know that I believe in Jesus Christ and I can tell you the five points of Calvinism. I'll tell you the tulip right now. But if you looked at their children and you looked at their spouses, they're dying on the vine. God's not impressed by our theology. It's who He is. Jesus said, if you love me, you will follow me. If you love me, which is Christianity, you will lay your life down for me. You will serve. And I will raise you up. So before we come to the table, I just want you to take some time in quietness and pray. And ask God, search my heart, O God, and know me. Whatever pride's there, I want you to commit to going to the people you've been prideful with and confessing that to them. And commit to following Jesus Christ by the washing of others' feet. It's in the bowl of humility that God washes our pride away. And we need to perpetually have that bowl.
and have our pride washed away. Let's pray. Father, I beg you, for my own soul's sake, that you would search me and know me. Father, I am so arrogant. So full of myself sometimes, Father. So slow to serve, so quick to want to be served. Father, forgive me. Father, help me to make that right. To follow your Son. To live for your Son. To be a Christian. Not to talk about being one. But to be a Christian, oh God, help us. That the world may know that we fulfill your great command to us to love one another. May we humbly, humbly wash one another's feet, Jesus. Amen.